Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Something else from somewhere else.
Welcome to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn, coming to you after another compelling episode of the Jericho Chronicles, hosted with the usual charm and passion by Mike Joseph. We open with perhaps one of the jazziest tracks by pianist and composer Wayne Horvitz, LTM BBQ, from his 2001 Songlines album, Sweeter Than the Day, featuring some of his longtime music partners, Keith Lowe on bass, Timothy Young on guitar and Andy Roth on drums. And we'll be focusing the next two hours of this edition of Mondo Jazz on the music of Wayne Horvitz, as he has just released two beautiful new albums which uh, showcases many talents as a composer, arranger, leader and pianist. The Snow Ghost Sessions on Songlines recordings and Those Who Remain featuring Bill Frizzell on the National Sawdust record label. Wayne Horvitz will also be touring New York State in the next few days, performing on Saturday, December 1st in Newburgh, Sunday the 2nd in Catskill, Monday the 3rd in Buffalo with his uh, Snow Ghost Trio. On Wednesday, December 5th, he will then play in Brooklyn at Roulette, both with the Snow Ghost Trio and uh, with a number of special guests, including Sarah Schumbeck, Nate Woolley, Brigham Krause, and more guests to be announced. So we reached him in Seattle, where he has relocated from New York in 1989, to discuss the new albums, starting with the Snow Ghost Sessions, which, uh, surprisingly, is the first album in which Horvitz recorded with a classic uh, piano, bass and drums configuration. The Snow Ghost Session is also quite different from his previous projects, since this time Horvitz approached the recording session, which is titled after the high-end recording studio in Montana where it was recorded, the Snow Ghost Studio, with a let-the-tapes-roll-and-let's-see-what-happens attitude. And so we asked him about this approach to the recording session. Obviously, I go into the studio with smaller configurations with a lot of improvisation, but I almost always go in with the expectation that it's going to be a record and that that in a way, the results I get, I'm going to have to live with. I mean, Some Places Are Forever Afternoon is the last record I've made before these, these recent records. I had to gather everybody and have recording for three days and an extra day for some overdubs. Then I was committed. As it turned out, I was lucky. I was happy. But yeah, the whole time you're thinking, is this the best take? Is this, you know, I've got to get a good take of this. Is everybody feeling okay? Are people tired? You know, all that kind of stuff. Whereas with Snow Ghost, it was like, I just wasn't worried. If we if we went away with a hard drive and I never listened to it again, it still would have been a fun way to spend a week. Both Jeff and Eric are people that I play with all the time. And the, the people I like to hang out with, and I felt comfortable saying, let's go to Montana and do this, you know, without it's going to be this and it's going to be important. And they just were, were up for it. And then it turned out, you know, Eric was a really important creative partner of the mix because he has a, a home studio that's that's quite nice. I needed to go into a place with that was at a pretty high level because the recording was made at an extremely high level. I mean, in an ex, you know, just like one of the most technologically advanced and kind of impressive studios that I've ever been in. I did have rough mixes and I actually didn't even really listen to them a while. And then I, I burned a CD and I was listening to them in my car driving around and going, oh, I should do something with this. The funny thing about Snow Ghost, though, is that it was so simple and there was so little pressure to make it. And then it actually turned into a fair amount of work because we'd recorded a lot of stuff. And Eric and I started listening and we decided to do not a lot of overdubs, but some. And we really wanted to be very careful about the sound. One of the interesting things about that record is the pieces are from mix to mix. They're quite, there's a sort of a different approach to each mix. Then the pressure started to come back again, you know, because we started taking it seriously. Um, but it was really nice to be in the studio and playing and not worry about that stuff. And if you've ever been to Montana, it's a beautiful place to be. 
a traditional piano trio there's a lot of electronics and stuff but the only other trios i've done have been not with bass and drums and i think the reason it happened is just because i don't think i avoided a piano trio but i was wasn't like particularly attracted to it i mean i like to spar with other melodic instruments and i feel like my strengths are really as a composer and making a sound and i guess i wouldn't necessarily feel like i would sustain a record just like when robin holcomb and i did a solo record you know we split the I just don't, didn't feel like I was the person to make a, a whole solo piano record. You know, I'm a composer first, and I'm a, a person a person who likes to put people together. 
So the piano trio is so much about, you know, the piano ego, which I adore, but it's just not where I feel my strengths are.
We are focusing our attention on the work of Wayne Horvitz that will be showcasing the music of his two latest albums, The Snow Ghost Sessions and Those Who Remain, at Roulette in Brooklyn on Wednesday the 5th of December. We just heard excerpts of his interview with Mondo Jazz discussing the music of the Snogo sessions with uh, Jeff Harper on bass and Eric Eagle on drums, the first album in which he has worked with the piano, bass and drums lineup. In between the interview, we also played uh, two of the most intriguing tunes from the album, namely The Trees and Northampton. Let's now shift to his uh, second new album, the very ambitious Those Who Remain, a record which is divided in two parts, the first one featuring his uh, concerto for orchestra and improvising soloist, played by the Northwest Symphonia with the solo parts overdubbed later by Bill Frizzell, and the second part includes a new recording of an earlier work for string quartet and improvising soloist entitled These Hills of Glory, performed by the Odeon Quartet with Beth Fleener as a soloist on clarinet. Perhaps the main achievement of this record is how it uh, seamlessly blends written and improvised music. So we ask Wayne Horvitz, how did he conceive the role for his uh, soloists, especially Bill Frizzell, against the backdrop of a classical musical instrumentation? For those who remain, the Seattle Symphony commissioned the piece. I came to them with the idea of doing something with Bill Frizzell. I wrote it over the course of about a year. Then we premiered it in 2015, and then of course I raised the money to record it and record it in 2016, did the overdubs with Bill. We actually recorded Bill almost immediately thereafter. The producer for the orchestra um, session did a very quick edit and a rough mix for Bill to record. And he did it just a few weeks later or even less. We did multiple takes with Bill and we edited it. I had a pretty good sense of it. And I was so happy with how the orchestra thing sounded. It was just so inspiring and compelling, but also a huge amount of work. I mean, I was really kind of shocked. I spent a month writing eight or 10 hours a day and then came back to where I live. And I still probably put in another 100 hours. You know, you don't want to miss a single thing when you give a piece to the orchestra because it goes back to the whole thing about cost and time. For the premiere, we probably had two 25-minute rehearsals for a 16-minute piece. (laughs) It's just such a different world than working with improvisers where you get together and you work it out together. This is just a situation where the score is everything. I mean, the score is your way of, of working with the musicians. Nothing else really matters. You know, you don't have time to say anything or to talk about it. And so you have to go to that additional medium of communicating with a certain type of musician. And if the score isn't together, it's going to be reflected. I worked very, very hard to make that really perfect. And it, the conductor had like two questions for me. So I was very proud of that. The great thing is that musicians really appreciate it when the music looks good and is easy to work with. I wish I could do it more often.
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn, and today we are dedicating our attention to Wayne Horvitz and his recent albums. We just heard Those Who Remain, from the album of the same title, which features his ambitious concerto for orchestra and improvising soloist, and the soloist is Bill Frizzell, a musician with whom Horvitz has worked for decades, as we'll see later in the show while we'll be looking back at several of uh, their collaborations. Just before that was another excerpt of our interview with Wayne Horvitz, in which he spoke about the creative process behind this album. The thematic seeds of Those Who Remain were already present in the composition of the same title that had appeared on his album Some Places Are Forever Afternoon, 11 places for Richard Hugo which was released by Songlines Recordings in 2016. In both cases, the source of inspiration were the verses of Seattle poet Richard Hugo. So, in our interview, we asked Wayne Horvitz about how Richard Hugo's poetry sparked his imagination. Making some places a forever afternoon. One of the things is that, you know, you'll, you'll notice in the titles that the titles are all aligned from the poem. But I really often took not the whole poem itself, but just a single phrase as kind of my starting point. And I found that easier. I, I found that when I was thinking about, oh, how do I convey this poem? I just was left with something where I felt like I wasn't doing service to Richard Hugo. I mean, it was trying to, you know, put into music what he was saying. And it seemed sort of like a just sort of jive is the only way I can say it. <laughs> and yet when I took a single phrase, it was very easy for that phrase to convey itself. And what's interesting is that if you read Richard Hugo's own writing about writing, like he, it's kind of lectures he's given to students, he talks about this thing called the triggering town. And there's a famous essay he wrote. And he talks about how you go to a town or you go to a bar or you go to a cafe and it gives you an idea. And then people think that you're writing a poem about that bar, or that cafe, but you're not. You're just taking that uh, the feeling you get and it brings you to the first line. And then the first line brings you to the second line. And the second line brings you to the rest of the poem. And that's how I sort of dealt with it. You know, it would give me a, a phrase, but I wouldn't try to make the piece be about the poem.
and there was Those Who Remain Are The Worst, Three Stops to Ten Sleep, the tune from Some Places Are Forever Afternoon, the 2016 album by Wayne Horvitz, uh, which was uh, preceded by Mondo Jazz interview with Horvitz, in which he speaks about uh, how he incorporated the poetry of Richard Hugo in his work. This album uh, featured uh, Ron Miles on cornet, Sarah Schumbeck on bassoon, Peggy Lee on cello, Tim Young on guitar, Keith Law on bass, and Eric Eagle on drums. Wayne Horvitz's uh, long career is characterized by great diversity, and perhaps one of the defining traits of uh, uh, his work is how seamlessly he can integrate uh, uh, the acoustic piano with keyboards and electronics, each one of them, uh, each one of these instruments taking him in very different directions. Even though in some projects like uh, Ponga or Zoni Mash, the electric sound is prevalent, in the majority of his other projects as a leader, he uses electronics to create the nuances or accents intended in which intended to which are intended to have a jarring effect over the soundscapes created by the otherwise acoustic instrumentation. And so we asked him about this aspect of his work. I always like electronic components that are sort of not in your face, you know, not so obvious where they just kind of it's like putting a different lens in a camera or something. It reinforms the chord or reinforms the harmony in a way. With the four plus one ensemble, even with my dear friend Tucker Martin, you know, when we were mixing it, he had done all this. He would process Reggie Watts or Avon Tang or Julian Priester or me, and he was the person doing the processing. And when we mixed it, I kept wanting the electronics to be lower than he did. Not because I didn't like them, but I liked the effect of them being sort of, sort of, you're wondering what's happening instead of knowing what's happening. Thank you. 
As we're focusing today's edition of Mondo Jazz on the work of Wayne Horvitz, we just heard uh, two, three more tunes uh, by Wayne Horvitz himself after the last part of uh, his interview. If you want to then uh, get access to the full interview, this will be published in the coming weeks on allaboutjazz.com. At the top of the set was a step aside from uh, Wayne Horvitz's 1998 album, Four Plus One Ensemble, which uh, featured a cohort of the best uh, Seattle-based uh, creative musicians. Julian Priester on trombone, Avin Kang on violin, Reggie Watts on keyboards, and uh, yes, that's the Reggie Watts, which is also an equally outstanding stand-up comedian, and then uh, Tucker Martin processing. We then look further back in uh, his uh, recording career and uh, another outstanding band he fronted, which was called The President. This is a project that dates back to the days when Wayne Horvitz was based in New York and was one of the main agitators of what would become known as the downtown scene. That project showed another way in which Horvitz used electronic instruments almost like a sound painter. The lineup of the president features therefore many of the longest time collaborators and musicians like guitarist Bill Frizzell, Elliot Sharp, Ben Steele and Stu Cutler, drummer Robbie Previtt, uh, bassist uh, Kermit Driscoll and uh, saxophonist and uh, clarinetist uh, Doug Wieselman. Uh, the music we heard was on the 1992 album Miracle Mile, the first album that uh, Wayne Orvitz, uh, that I heard of uh, Wayne Orvitz and that made me uh, irreversibly, irreversibly interested in his music. And the uh, composition was The Front. We then went in a totally opposite direction with a solo acoustic piano tune in which Horvitz interpreted the standard uh, Stars Fell on Alabama from the 2004 Songlines album Solos, in uh, which he and his uh, life partner Robin Holcomb alternate playing uh, gorgeous uh, piano solo tunes. Let's now shift our attention to projects that Horvitz has participated in, not as a leader, but either as a producer or as a sideman. And uh, this is uh, just to show another side, a very interesting side of his artistry. And perhaps the best way to illustrate that is by starting with his work with Bill Frizzell, which dates back uh, several decades. So up next is music from uh, Have a Little Faith, the 1993 album by Bill Frizzell featuring Horvitz as a producer. And from that album, we're going to listen to a beautiful rendition of music from Billy the Kid by Aaron Copland a composer that, like Horvitz and Frizzell, has developed uh, what uh, might be described as a quintessentially American sound. Thank you. 
This is Mondo Jazz, and you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And before going into the description of the music we just heard, uh, let me remind you that uh, on Thursday, December 13th, you should come and join us uh, for the annual Radio Free Brooklyn holiday party, which will be taking place uh, between 7 and 10 p.m. at the Braven uh, Brewing Company in Bushwick, more precisely at uh, 52 Harrison Place. If you want to reserve, uh, go to our website, uh, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash holiday2018 to get uh, two free beer tickets at the party, plus access to the exclusive uh, VIP area. And it goes without saying that uh, we're very grateful to the Braven Brewing Company for supporting Radio Free Brooklyn in this uh, holiday season. And uh, going back to our music, uh, we just heard three songs which gave us an insight in the synergies that are generated by the collaboration between Wayne Horvitz and Bill Frizzell. We started off uh, the set with uh, The Open Prairies, a composition by Aaron Copeland uh, featured on Bill Frizzell's album Have a Little Faith, uh, which had uh, Wayne Horvitz as producer and showcased the clarinet of Don Byron, the accordion of Guy Klasevec, as well as uh, Kermit Driscoll on bass and Joey Baron on drums. And Driscoll and Baron were all also featured on the following composition, the title track from another Bill Frizzell album, also produced by Horvitz, the 1991 Electra Known Such release, Where in the World, with uh, Frizzell's uh, historic quartet featuring also Hank Roberts on cello. At the end of the set was a Yuba City, a, class, sorry, a classic composition by Wayne Horvitz, uh, played by Bill Frizzell with Horvitz on keyboards, Joy Baron on gain on drums, and Dave Hofstra on bass. This is from the 1990 album Is That You, which uh, shows uh, Frizzell and Horvitz uh, writing more electric music. Up next is uh, Pop Client, a tune performed by Horvitz and another one of his uh, electric projects uh, with drummer, percussionist and sound engineer Tucker Martin, also featuring Bill Frizzell.
In this edition of Mondo Jazz, we are looking at the career of pianist and composer Wayne Horvitz, who will be performing music from his latest albums at Roulette in Brooklyn on Wednesday, December 5th. During the previous set, uh, we focused on several of his uh, projects in which uh, he worked side-by-side with Bill Frizzell. We started off with uh, Pop Client from the album My Lab, documenting a project that uh, Wayne Horvitz co-led with uh, Tucker Martin. That was followed by Circus Circus from the album Fascination by Michael Shreve, the drummer who is perhaps best known for his work with Santana, and uh, on whose album... uh, Uh, Wayne Horvitz plays together with Bill Frizzell and, of course, Michael Shreve uh, Shreve on drum. The music that followed was that uh, of one of my very favorite albums, the last tune that we just heard. Uh, The the album is entitled Song I Heard Body Sing, which is a project led by another great drummer, Jerry Granelli, which uh, featured, among others, Bill Frizzell, but also Julian Priester on trombone, uh, Robin Ford on guitar, Anthony Cox on bass, and Kenny Garrett on alto saxophone. Uh, the composition uh, in this case was a composition by Wayne Horvitz, uh, who therefore participated in this project as a composer of the tune in that number. By this point, it should be quite clear how one of the most appealing aspects of Horvitz is the cinematic uh, quality of his uh, compositions. And so let's explore some of that with the music that comes next. This is music that he has written for movies or documentaries, and is featured on a Tzadik Records release entitled Film Music 
So much gorgeous music coming from Wayne Horvitz and his uh, musical partners. We started off with a series of five miniatures, short uh, compositions by Wayne Horvitz written for movies and documentaries, which were included on his album uh, Film Music 1998-2001. The five tunes were Clogging the Canal, Sell Out, Sky Shot, Up and Over, and Nightlife, Right Life. The album was released by John Zorn's imprint, Sadik Records in 2002, and John Zorn is, like Bill Frizzell, another musician with whom Horvitz has participated in countless musical adventures. Perhaps the most remarkable is the band Naked City, which, uh, together with uh, Horvitz and Zorn and Frizzell, also featured uh, British uh, bassist and guitarist Fred Frith and Joy Barron on drums. From their self-titled album, uh, we play the composition by John Zorn entitled Latin Quarter, which uh, featured a quasi-honky-tonk Wayne Horvitz, and which could have been uh, very well part of a soundtrack for a noir B-movie. We then completed the set with a long tune entitled Voodoo, a composition by the eminent uh, hardbop pianist uh, Sonny Clark. This piece, which uh, showcased a beautiful piano solo by Wayne Horvitz, uh, appeared on the 1996 album Voodoo, released by the seminal Italian jazz label Black Saint. The tune was performed by the Sonny Clark Memorial Quartet, a repertory band, so to say, entirely devoted to the music of Sonny Clark, which included John Zorn and Wayne Horvitz, together with bassist Ray Drummond and drummer Bobby Previtt. And Bobby Previtt is another one of the regular collaborators of Wayne Horvitz, so let's hear one of the albums that uh, they've worked on together, the Palmetto Records released by Bobby Previtt, Clockwise. From that album, here is Patricia.
we're getting close to the end of this edition of Mondo Jazz dedicated to the work of Wayne Horvitz. So let me remind you one more time that he'll be performing at Roulette in Brooklyn on Wednesday, December 5th, uh, with a concert featuring the music of his new albums, The Snow Ghost Sessions and Those Who Remain. In the last set, uh, we played music that Horvitz has recorded uh, with uh, two of his uh, regular collaborators. First was Patricia from the album Clockwise by Bobby Previtt, and then uh, we heard uh, the Billy Strayhorn classic Johnny Come Lately from uh, Side by Side, uh, the album by clarinetist and saxophonist Marty Ehrlich. Both uh, Previtt and Ehrlich have worked on numerous occasions with Wayne Orbitz, who appeared on piano on both albums. Before closing, let me remind you that, like every week, Mondo Jazz is followed by Bushwick Garage, Radio Free Brooklyn's psychedelic rock weekly show by Rob Pritchard. So stay tuned. If you like what you heard, follow Radio Free Brooklyn on um, uh, Facebook, as well as Mondo Jazz on Facebook and Instagram, and go to our website where you can download our app for iPhone or Android so you can listen to our show when you're on the way or on the road. You can also sign up for our newsletter, and if you wish, please contribute to our school program, which we're launching in 2019 in order to provide teenagers with a hands-on experience on learning media. Today's episode of Mondo Jazz will be archived with all past episodes on Mondo ja- of Mondo Jazz on Mixcloud, Soundcloud, Podomatic, and iTunes. The archive shows are also featured every week on allaboutjazz.com, the greatest online jazz source. Bassist and composer Ben Allison wrote and performed our theme featuring Ted Nash on flute and the voiceover by Payang Threadgill. We'll be back next Wednesday to celebrate the music of Frank Zappa on the occasion of the 25th anniversary of his death. But we have one more track in store for you. Up next is the music by Robin Holcomb, who is a truly unique singer and pianist, and she's also the life partner of Wayne Horvitz. And like him, she's the author of music of The Haunting Beauty. The album we're going to play is entitled Robin Holcomb, and it's released on the Known Such Records label, and the tune is Waltz. Thank you for listening, and good night.
you describe the town? How near it lays to where you were born? How flat the sky covers all sleeping things as dreamers we often see glory remember the light that shines beneath doorways how birds hang motionless beating their wings and the words that are offered repeated suspended between the new man new women and all 